Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Simon, and thank you so much for joining me. Today's featured guest is Benjamin Yi. Welcome. Hi, thanks, Simon. Uh, I'm glad to be on your show. Benjamin is the founder of Emerge App, which is an order and inventory management system for small companies. He also founded Drooling Apparel Asia Pacific during his student days, a company that produces customized t-shirts with a factory in Malaysia. Benjamin, take a minute and tell us how you got to where you are. Okay, so let's start with uh, during my student days. All right, so at that point of time, I was in, okay, Singapore is like we have this polytechnic when you are about uh, 16 or 17 years old. Uh, that was where I started my first company. I was very fortunate. My mom was uh, running a printing company. So at that point, I was I was uh, engaged in like student union uh, kind of activities in school. And we realized that uh, we were printing thousands and thousands of like t-shirts, customized t-shirts for like 100 events over the course of the entire year. And we realized that the, our vendors, the t-shirt printers were kind of ripping us off. And I mean, of course, as an entrepreneur, I would just want to start my own stuff and basically um, supply t-shirts to to the schools and, and my clubs and societies. So the good part, the fortunate part is that um, at resources, I asked my mom, do, does she have any printer? Uh, where does she maybe get t-shirts? So that's where kind of I, where, where I got started. So basically one thing grew to another. We went from uh, serving uh, schools to many different schools and then we went on to serving uh, big corporate companies uh, around Singapore. What kind of t-shirts are we talking about? Uh, simple t-shirts with your slogan or fill me in? Okay, so basically, uh, just like what I mentioned just now, is uh, for school's event, right? So these clubs and societies will want to kind of bring their own branding, like their own clubs and uh, societies, the names on their t-shirts via uh, silk screen printing or embroidery. So it really depends on what the customers want is uh, basically made to order. At least today, there are so many different companies in the t-shirt printing niche, uh, such as Vistaprint or Teespring and dozens of others. Uh, how much competition was out there when you started it? And what year did you start a t-shirt company? Uh, when I first started, uh, there was quite little, I should I should say, like uh, uh, besides a uh, few bigger companies, uh, we we had our niche, right? Uh, I started from school, right? And uh, in order to be cheaper, uh, we basically shipped our own uh, T-shirts to Malaysia to get it produced over there before it comes to Singapore so we can kind of get the price at a much lower cost, right? And and that actually translates to our customer, uh, basically money, monetary savings for our customers. Uh, that's where they kind of come back to us. So each vendor has kind of their own uh, unique uh, selling proposition, right? Some of them focus on more expensive, but they're much faster. Some some of us uh, focus on a larger volume, but at a much lower quantity. But that was during the times where China was kind of booming. Uh, not not today, where <laughs> kind of 
already oh, yeah. mm-hmm. well mature, right? Uh, the prices there are way more expensive. So you said that T-shirt companies were ripping you off. Uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, okay, so let me explain for that. Uh, so when I was in uh, the school student union, uh, I was kind of involved in getting T-shirts printed, right, for my club. And we had this list of uh, vendors that we could use that is kind of uh, accredited by the school, so we can't use anybody else. And these vendors, knowing that they are accredited, uh, intentionally uh-huh. increase, uh, set the price at much higher. So, yes, so I guess you know where I'm going. Oh, that. <laughs> that makes so much sense. So, tell me what happened to the company. Uh, okay, so basically I ran uh, almost for six to seven years. And then I realized that, uh, yes, it's still we still can keep it running. It's still profitable, but the margins are getting lower and lower. So there are more and more players up in the market. So I realized that uh, being focused in one specific thing, right, it's kind of like the most important. Whether you you want to build a software, build a billion-dollar company, it's very important to be really focused, right? At least 95% of your time is on one single thing or two single thing, the priorities that you need to do, right, to in order to be successful in this case. So I kind of... Uh, chosen that I wanted to build Emerge App into a billion-dollar company. So I just don't want to be distracted by any more other, uh, other I should say, challenges, right? I, I wouldn't want to say problems, but other challenges that are, that are on a day-to-day basis. Benjamin, you're so right. It's important to prioritize what you focus your time on because we all have 24 hours in a day. And if you have just too many projects in hand, you won't get the results you're looking for with any of them. So be really mindful about what you focus on and every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. So what is your one thing that you're focusing on? I assume it's Emerge App. Uh, yes, Emerge App. So 100% on Emerge App. Uh, okay, I, I, coming back to the, the issue of uh, focus, I, I kind of don't really want to discredit uh, people who can kind of juggle many, many things and do everything really successfully. But uh, for me, it, it doesn't work. So I just want to make sure that whatever I'm doing on hand, which is Emerge App right now, uh, is is done with my 100%, right? And, and make sh- making sure that this is going to be successful. There's only one direction for this. Yeah, focusing on many different projects uh, doesn't work for me either. I've tried that over the years and it hasn't been really working. So there's beauty in single project focusing. Uh, so tell me what is Emerge App? Uh, fill us in. Okay, so basically Emerge App uh, kind of translate from where I was uh, running my t-shirt company. Then I I needed a software, simple, uh, I, would, I wouldn't say cheap, but cost-effective on the online assess product. Uh, but at that time, there wasn't much assess uh, um, subscription-based kind of softwares online, right? So one thing led to another. We started Emerge App. So how do, who does it serve? Basically, any business that is in the business of trading and distribution of any physical products, right? So if you're going to ship products from, for example, China into your own country and you're going to be distributing it uh, to retailers or in the business-to-business model, uh, you can use Emerge App to basically manage your workflow from purchasing all the way to basically shipment, uh, billing, invoicing, 
So it's kind of like a one-stop uh, shop uh, application to help uh, basically small business. For example, if you're just starting up or you have a, a, a really uh, on-the-real type business where you have uh, 20 to 30 employees, you can use my app to basically run your business more effectively at a really, really low cost. Basically, it's an order purchase inventory app. Uh, tell me who built it. How much coding background do you have, Benjamin? Uh, so, so personally for me, I don't have coding background. So basically, I have a team. I have my CTO, my VP of engineering. I have a team to basically get the products out. So for me, I'm kind of like the product uh, manager. So basically, uh, it also comes from the experience that I have dealing with uh, definitely a lot of vendors, a lot of uh, distributors, a lot of wholesalers uh, throughout the year. So all this experience basically put together to translate into a software, right, to basically serve the, the community. Right. It's clear that Emerge app took a lot of time to build because when I looked into it, it is a complicated software. You just cannot go to Upwork or Elance or any other freelancing website and hire a bunch of coders and get the same result within a few days or within a few weeks. It took a long time for you guys. So walk me through what was that process like and how did it begin? Uh, okay, so we didn't develop it like within a couple of years, right? So when we first started uh, Emerge uh, or the parent company called uh, Higher Identity, we started off doing kind of consultation jobs for trading and distribution companies. So we just basically uh, approach businesses and ask them whether they have any inventory issues or other management issues where they can solve with software. So having all the requirements, we brought it back and then liter literally built the software. So throughout uh, three to four years, we basically have been doing a lot of customization project and we realized after three to four years that the product is stable is mature and that's where we basically pivoted to build a SaaS product right then when we're running a, a customization model is kind of only accessible for really huge companies right uh, maybe a project size of at least twenty thousand dollars but when we move into a SaaS a more subscription-based type of uh, product where any small business could use we literally bring down the cost to say less than $25 per month kind of subscription. So it becomes accessible to basically all business as compared to customization model, which costs over 20 grand per project. Mm, so instead of launching an app based on assumptions or gut feeling, you actually went out and talked to people. How many people did you talk to, Benjamin? Uh, we talked to at least 250 Ooh. businesses. Okay, so the good part about being in Singapore is you get to have uh, multinational corporations from all over the world, right? Japan, China, uh, US, and Europe that kind of set up their um, sales office or their, even their Southeast Asian headquarters in uh, Singapore. So that's where we kind of learn uh, that the business process from all different countries are slightly different, but more or less the same, I should say. <laughs> uh, so there are some little, little kind of features that are just different from different countries. So how do we marry, how do we combine all these features together to make one single application that can be scalable throughout the entire world? So that is the critical factor, right? We don't want to build a software just for Japan, just for Singapore, and we need huge amount of uh, 
resources just to kind of localize for to another um i should say jurisdiction or country right that's not where we want to go we want to build a, a product that can be scaled so therefore we can bring down the cost to be accessible for anyone basically okay so after a lot of work the app was ready how did you get your first customer for emerge app uh okay so we were as for any 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 application when we kind of go to market right we want to basically get those uh users that are the early the early adopters i should say right early adopters generally are more active online so they kind of search for such product to solve their own problems just like me like about 7 8 years ago trying to find a a app to kind of solve my problem for my t-shirt company right these these guys are doing the same right they go on cora they go on uh, different platforms to look and search for products uh sas product subscription based software that they can literally sign up and start using so instead of uh, spending like heaps of advertising dollars going out there to basically advertise right we kind of did uh, quite a bit of below the line so a lot of kind of growth hacking style and our first user literally came from there right he just signed up and start using didn't really ask us much question right this is kind of like the best kind of users that we want not those users that ask us kind of tons of questions uh and in the end do not continue with the app right but we do not um we don't we do not exile these customers right whichever customers coming in we will still serve with our fullest um uh, capacity uh, but i'm saying from on a business perspective right is uh, such users are what we want in terms of um uh how educated uh, on online sas platform they are they they could literally go online search for a product and start using from the get go without any basically assistance so walk me through uh, when it comes to growth hacking what did you guys do exactly okay so for us we just uh find out figure out where these people are spending their time where are they searching for so as i mentioned just now one of the platform is actually cora <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so I know my competitors are listening in as well, so I shouldn't be uh kind of leaking out too much of uh, of the specific platforms that are working for us, but one of them is actually Cora. <laughs> right, we can do some guesswork. So it's important not to pitch yourself constantly and just put in links to your Cora answers. A lot of people do that and I don't think that's the most effective way. I think the most effective way is to just provide really good answers and then people will come back to your profile and end up on your site. Yeah, and and one of the old school ones definitely working for us is just organic listing, right? SEOs, uh it's not really a big secret. It's just who does it better and who basically does your content marketing better, who ranks higher. But um Google uh Yahoo has been such a critical uh platform uh, in terms of our growth. So I should say that if you're going to build any apps, right, uh, make sure you know where your customers are looking. And um, most likely they are also looking on search engines like Google and Yahoo. Yeah, so you got to make sure that your team is kind of proficient in SEO as well. Otherwise you got to literally find somebody who can do it. or outsource the the SEO part to uh a contractor right i know that a lot of online entrepreneurs use quora to drive back traffic to their website and one of the 
One of the people I'm thinking about right now is James Altucher, who also runs a really good podcast. He's an awesome entrepreneur. You should check him out, definitely. But um, he answers a few questions on Quora every single day, and he has seen some amazing results. So I think I'll, I'll give it a try as well and see, see how that goes. Uh, Benjamin, tell me, how many customers are you serving today for Emerge App? Okay, so we have over 2,000 signups. All right. So we, in terms of active, because we have the paid and the un, unpaid users. So in terms of the unpaid, uh, in terms of the total active users, we have about uh, 600 of them. So the paid ones, I should not like, uh, release too much information, but my active users are about 600 of them right now. So what was the reason to go with the freemium business model? Okay, it, it really depends on what kind of strategy, like you mentioned. Uh, for us, we realize that our users uh, are the ones that uh, they want to take their time, right? It, it may not be a good strategy for them because they're going for like the high acquisition cost, right? Going to spend a lot, be more aggressive uh, within 14 days free trial. You do whatever it takes to convert them into a kind of paying customer uh, where in, in, in the end, your acquisition cost will be like sky high in terms of uh, their model. But for us, we want to be open um, the top of the funnel, right, in terms of traffic as wide as possible, right, to make sure that users who literally wants to use the software, wants to take their own, own time to figure it out and from moving from uh, a non-active user into an active user into a paying user uh, would have in terms of minimum, minimum support costs, right? Minimum acquisition costs uh, kind of model. But, but that is the, the direction that we feel that is right. And that's what we feel that most of the users are uh, looking for such a model. Rather, I mean, nobody likes to be um, harassed, right? I should, okay, I shouldn't use the word harassed, but nobody should like, no, nobody likes to be forced right, over the phone, over emails to, start paying for something which they're not comfortable or at least they are, have not yet to be comfortable using the app. So that is the reason why we go with uh, the freemium model. And I know that there was a lot of testing behind it because when I go to your website, there's something I've never seen before when it comes to landing page strategies. So at emergeapp.net, at the bottom, there's an email opt-in which says, first user free forever, no credit card required. And then the best part, last user signed up 161 minutes ago. That's an awesome tactic. It adds so much social proof. Uh, who came up with that? <laughs> okay, so uh, I think we were ha I'm, I was having a conversation with my uh, growth hacker and I kind of told him something about like how powerful, you know, booking.com use kind of this uh, limiting uh, scarcity uh -huh. effect, yeah. right, to get people yeah. to sign up, right? But even for Emerge App, um, for us, uh, yes, we get users to sign up, but uh, whether we get the right users, that's a completely different kind of um, uh, a story. But for us, we just want to do things differently, right? We just want to make it kind of more fun in terms of like, hey, you, you can kind of see who is, uh, how long has, has the last sign up uh, been? Uh, for us, it doesn't really translate into uh, more active users. Or, really? Yeah, doesn't really translate to more active users or more paying users later on, right? That really depends on 
whether your app fits their business model or not, right? But it certainly gets us a lot more signups. <laughs> I, I, that I would agree. But there has to be a correlation between people who sign up for the free plan and later turn to paid customers. Okay, you see, the, the idea we want to have is even the, if the product doesn't fit you today, uh, we want you to sign up, right? We want you to experience the app, um, get to know the app. At the end of the day, if you do not sign up, or, or I mean, if you do not become an active user, you remember the flow and people talk, right? Uh, especially business owners. They talk to other business owners about ideas or about uh, what kind of products they're going to sell. So from a organic growth uh, aspect, right, it's brand building, right? So they talk, they can say, hey, I, I think your your business or your workflow suits Emerge. Why not you give it a try? And and such matrix, we, we can't really uh, directly measure them, right? How do we know that where these guys are coming from? We can't, we can't directly measure them. But we believe that if there are more users who sign up, uh, more people will kind of know about us rather than just knowing uh, knowing about us on the website, right? When you're just going to land on the website, five minutes, we are gone. You're not going to remember us. The scarcity aspect is really interesting. As we know, Booking.com uses it. Um, it says there's only two or three rooms left in a particular hotel. And I wonder if you could uh, use the same strategy and uh, put on put on like a header on top of your website and say that there's 180 seconds to sign up. And after that, it's all gone. <laughs> so I have no idea if that would actually work, but it's a, it's a strategy worth trying out. Benjamin, tell me what future holds for your company. Okay, so next year, what we we're going to do is literally li- listening to client, right? No matter how much I know about the industry, every single day we are learning from the clients uh, a new way of doing things. How are we going to make the product better in terms of um, workflow-wise, in terms of how, uh, how using this to increase um, sales, decrease costs, there are many, many aspects. And uh, for, for next year, what we want to do is really to make it as, uh, as robust as possible that it can literally fit different kind of uh, business, including China as well. So myself being Chinese, so it's not really difficult for us to kind of translate into, into the Chinese language. Uh, luckily for us, the UI is pretty similar to... Uh, um, similar apps uh, in China. So in terms of language, we just need to change. But UI-wise, we are quite similar to to the Chinese. I mean, we all say that uh, in terms of the Chinese, UI is completely different from the rest of the world, right? But for, for, for softwares, like business-to-business apps, it's actually quite similar. So we are quite fortunate on it. So we really want to basically make the features better to accomplish uh, much more users, much more integrations to accounting platforms, more uh, integrations to CRM, um, basically making the product much better, uh, growing geographically as well, mm-hmm. and making it much more accessible, right? Uh, when, when time goes by, the brand uh, gets better, and making it much more accessible to really small business. That's where we want to help. Think of it this way. Uh, uh, a businessman from Uganda, right? He's 16 years old, just kind of came out to the market to basically sell some products. He has no clue on how to draft a purchase order 
or he has no clue how to draft an invoice, right? But once he sign up with Emerge, everything is there. The workflow is there. All he has to do is just to upload his products and he can literally start using the app to sell, right? And all the documentations are in the system. Uh, it's kind of like a guided entrepreneurship, like a mentor beside you to teach you what is necessary in, in, in documentation, in running businesses. So really the, the, the bigger goal is to help not just uh, bigger companies as well as um, first-time entrepreneurs, startups, to basically help them to sell, right? Sell better, sell more structurally. At the end of the day, it's helping them to make money, right? Benjamin, congratulations with all the success you achieved with Emerge App. And I want to switch gears now. Entrepreneurs are known for getting a lot of stuff done in least time as possible. So walk me through your morning routine and we'll go from there. Uh, okay, so basically I, I don't jump out of bed and, and look at my phone like uh, a lot of other entrepreneurs. So what I want to kind of uh, do for myself is when I wake up, I at least spend another 5 to 10 minutes on bed, uh, try to kind of uh, focus myself. Uh, I wouldn't say a complete meditation, but kind of something simple to 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 have that quietness in the morning, right? Uh, and to think of what uh, you want to kind of achieve for the rest of the day, right? You know people are going to basically chip away on of, of your time, right? Uh, when you're online, uh, people start going to be talking to you on WhatsApp, on Skype, on every single platform possible. So you got to be really sure on what you want to achieve, right? If you have more than three priorities, it's not a priority anymore. So just make sure that you know what is most important and focus on it, right? Uh, so that's what I would do in the morning is to have some quiet silence time to really reflect on what I want to do for the day. Yeah, that is so important because if you don't plan out your day, somebody else will do it for you. Benjamin, what are some other routines and habits that you pursue day in and day out? I think very important for, in fact, anyone, not just entrepreneur, is to make sure that you drink like tons of water, right? Do not be afraid that you need to rush to the toilet <laughs> many times, uh, but when you drink uh, tons of water, right, heaps of them, what you do is literally you 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 fill yourself with, you can feel that energy within you, right? It's, it's something that not many people would uh, acknowledge, right? You drink water only when you are thirsty as a, as a reflex. But if you start drinking water uh, as a routine, you'll feel that you have much more energy, at least for me. Do you have some kind of reminder in place? I always keep forgetting. I know the importance of it, but I, I just forget. Okay, so 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 um, it depends for, for person to person. For myself, I don't really have a, a calendar. I just make sure I have a bottle with me wherever I go, right? So if I don't have, I'll, I'll basically buy a mineral water, right? People will say, hey, what are you going to spend uh, like a dollar for tap water, especially in Singapore, right? But for me, it's essential. Right? Make sure I drink up enough, uh, more than enough. Uh, make sure you have a clear head, right? So once you once you're dehydrated, I, I, okay, I wouldn't say to a dehydrated level. Once you have less water in your system, you, I mean, at least for me, I kind of get get a little bit temperamental, and if I 
continuously not drink water, uh, I'll kind of get like a little headache. And once I get a headache, I I will not recover from there unless I take a Panadol. So I, I kind of don't really want to waste my day uh, lying on the bed, lying on the chair, or whichever, having a headache. So it's very important to make sure you drink up and not um, just just be mindful about it. That is a good habit and you can implement it overnight and see results really fast, unlike with other habits often. Uh, Benjamin, it's been a good conversation. I've learned a lot and I've had a lot of fun. Uh, if you could leave our audience with one final takeaway, one final thought from you, what would that be? Okay, so for new entrepreneurs, just, just, gonna, just go and do it, right? So you have nothing to lose in terms of uh, what you can achieve. So if you feel that uh, if you feel that you need to do something big, you need to do something that uh, when you look back when you're 80, 70 years old, uh, you will not regret, right? So when whenever you want to make a decision, like what Mark Cuban always say, oh, sorry, it's not Mark Cuban. <laughs> let me let me think who is that guy. Um, it's Anthony Robbins, yeah. So he yeah. always say mm-hmm. whenever he makes a decision, he would always uh, imagine himself on a rocking chair when he's 80 years old and look back. Uh, will, at that point, will he regret not making or not taking that decision? Right. So it works for me as well, at least. Um, so I want to do things that I will not regret. Right. So if you think that you want to start a business, go do it. Right. If you, you are, if you if financially you are strapped, then there's a million other business uh, uh, business plan or business uh, types of business you could literally do it after working hours, right? It's, it's, it's a matter of whether you want to do it or not. It's not a matter of uh, whether you are lack of you you have lack of resources or things like that. So to end off, I should say, if you want it bad enough, just go and do it. Benjamin, I cannot agree with you more. You need to live today. Tomorrow might be too late. Imagine that you're nine years old and you didn't take that risk. You didn't build that company. What if, what if, what if? Don't live like that. Take action today. Benjamin Yee, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you very much, Simon. Uh, pleasure having you. <laughs> pleasure having me. <laughs> no, you. Pleasure having me. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Benjamin. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.